0: You're listening to audio from Memphis Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit memphiscc.info. Grab your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke where we were at last week, and we're going to be in Chapter 2 as we continue this series that we're in called The Gift of Hope. Also on your way in, you received one of those welcome home cards, and I hope that you'll take time to let us know how we can pray for you in that discovery section on the back of that card. Let us know some next steps that you're considering in your walk with Christ. It's great to have college students in the room, so many of you that are back to share with us this holiday season what's the probably what would you label as your best christmas gift ever received whether that's from santa years ago when santa still brought you gifts whether it was from mom and dad or spouse or maybe even your child what's your all-time favorite christmas gift you you got that in your mind i I remember all the way back to the 70s right when i I was young i was probably nine or ten years old and the gift that i wanted it was a long shot when i asked for because we didn't get great big gifts at christmas but i'll always remember this one as we came down the steps into the basement of our louisville home i looked across the room and there in the corner was one of those great big sheets of plywood covered with green felt and on top of that board was a train set race car track do you remember those back in the day, right? The slot car racetrack, and, and then it had a train set around the outside. And it was equipped with everything. It had the trees, the train station. And I remember playing with that for hours. It, it was such a great gift, wearing out the little cars uh, on the bottom as they clicked around the track and worrying about my five-year-old, my three-year-old brother interfering with the train. You know, it, it was a great gift. It was a great gift. What's yours? What, what's your all-time favorite Christmas gift? Was it the visit of a family member or a relative from some distance away, just like the Griswold Christmas where they're all coming in and, and you wonder if Uncle Eddie's coming or not, and when he shows up, it's like, oh, what a gift, right? <laughs> was it something simpler? like a smile at the door when you came to Christmas services for the first time without your loved one, your wife, or your husband grieving. Maybe it was that moment of peace when if only for a few seconds you could breathe again. Or was it a vision that came unexpectedly to your mind of a better day, a time when hope was alive and there were fewer worries The greatest gift ever given and ever to receive came in the form of a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger 2,000 years ago. It was the gift of hope. It was an expected gift. For centuries, people had been expecting his arrival, but the gift came in a package that that was unrecognizable by so many, even though they should have recognized it, they didn't, except for just a few. And the significance of the gift, well, it was eternity-defining, right? It impacts us still to this day. Luke chapter two, verse eight, describes, explains that night this way. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory, the brilliance, the splendor, the magnificence of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, remember? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For today in the city of David, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now it's not lost on me. It's not lost on me that the shepherds were the first, the first to receive and also recognize the gift. And it's not lost on me that it was life altering. That night, that encounter changed the trajectory of their life Forever, not because of the angel who appeared out of nowhere, not because the lights were so bright and a once-in-a-lifetime appearance of a star in the sky that lit up everything, not the reality that they were scared out of their minds and had to run home and change clothes real quick, right, before they went to see the baby. But the reality that the God of the universe had chosen them to be the recipients of the gift of hope, the gift that the world needed—Christ with them, Christ around them, and soon Christ in them. Oh, well, they didn't realize it at the moment, but they soon would. Colossians one twenty-seven reads: "To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of His mystery of this mystery, which is in." which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The, this mystery, something that was once hidden, something that was now revealed, Christ in you. I want to give you three, three very simple points this weekend, but the reality of these points is so much more. And the first is this, the hope of glory is the fulfillment of God's promise to restore us and all creation. This is the hope of glory, that one day, because of what Jesus Christ has done, we will be whole again. We'll be whole again in our relationship with God. We will be whole again physically, spiritually, emotionally, and we will be with him, God himself, for all eternity. Several years ago, when Sarah's sister graduated college and took her first job as an elementary school teacher, the thing that she wanted most was an old bathtub. Out at the family farm in French Lick, the old house had long since rotted and deteriorated away, and what was left were the old iron tubs from that, bathtubs, clawfoot tubs from that house. It was now in the middle of a pine grove, and, and those those uh, cast iron tubs were now fractured and and covered with mildew just just covered with vines and and her sister wanted one of those tubs and she wanted it redone and she wanted it placed in her first classroom so that those kindergartners those second graders whatever age she was teaching then could get in that tub during book reading time and read a book and so one fall day before christmas her Grandfather and I jumped on a four-wheeler and we rode over a mile back into these woods until we found these tubs. And I picked the one that was gonna be most easily cleaned up, but it was a mess. And this tub weighed a couple hundred pounds. It was solid still. And so I took a tow rope, we pulled it from back in the woods, me and this 80-year-old grandpa behind me on a four-wheeler. It was a blast. But we towed this thing out to the road, I managed to get it up in the truck and took it back to Scottsburg, and and a friend had a body shop, and we took it in that shop, and I began sanding and chiseling away, scraping the rust and the mold and the mildew off, and eventually putting a brand new six-layer coating of gloss back on that tub, restoring it to its original glory. She still has it in her classroom to this day. The point is is that Jesus came to restore us and all of creation to our former glory. What would that take? Well it would take a lot of cleanup. The sin that comes over us that is on us that's like that old mildew, that old grime that that rust that that once was so brilliant in creation it, it, is, is now covered with sometimes vines that that you can't even pull yourself out of, the fractured finish brought by sin that, that separated us from his joy and his peace and the comfort of living in the presence of God. He came to restore us to our former glory of being like Christ so that we can once again be a child, a son, a daughter, an heir with him, we can be with him. The hope of glory. The hope of glory isn't just about us getting ourselves cleaned up, but the hope of glory, Christ in you, includes the hope of his presence with us always. His presence in our lives, every moment of every day. Having Christ in you, the hope of glory, means that we can have expectations for this life. There should be in every believer this expectation of experiencing God's goodness in this life. And the challenge is, as we sometimes interpret His goodness as everything going our way perfect relationships, model homes, resources, and abundance. That's not the way it is. One of the real hopes of glory and the displays of God's goodness is the promise of his presence no matter the season. This is the significance of his presence. When life hits us, it's possible sometimes, and and I know many of you have been there, even this week at the reports of doctors and disappointments with family. When it hits you in life, it's possible to feel like God's deserted you or abandoned you. When you face loss of life or tragic situations, When these things happen, the light of glory can grow dim and and even start to fade. But your hope can be renewed. Our hope can be renewed because of the promise of His presence. Wherever you go, whatever you face, He goes with you. The psalmist said, Where can I go to flee from your spirit? And He's not asking because He wants to flee. But he comes to this realization in his life through what? Through these dark times when he fell alone. But yet he continued to seek out God. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I just lay down and I make my bed in the depths of my circumstances, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. When we remember that God is ever present in every situation, hope rises, right? No matter how despairing the situation might seem, when we realize that He's present. And, friends, how do we realize that He's present? We look for Him. We lean into him. We remember his promise, a promise that he has never let us down on, that he is with us. His presence is in us. And friends, that's the good news of great joy that the angel announced to the shepherds. And the even better news is it's for you and me today. It's for everyone In verse 11, the angel continues. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The key words being Christ the Lord. God in the flesh. The boss. The king of kings. The Lord of lords. And because he's Lord of heaven... And because he's Lord of earth, Christ in you, having Christ's very spirit in you, guarantees your resurrection and heavenly inheritance. Talk about good news of great joy and hope. The hope of Christ in you extends beyond the grave. Our hope of glory is not limited to this time and space that we live in. It's not some temporary hope that we cling to where we surrender to it now, but, but there's no future to look forward to. No, there is a future to look forward to. It's eternal. Christ in you, the hope of glory, means your hope extends beyond the grave. You need only go back and look at the empty tomb. Our hope is guaranteed by Jesus who rose from the dead. Remember the passage? If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord... You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Why is it so important to believe this, that Christ rose from the dead? Because without the resurrection, there's no salvation. And without salvation, there's no hope. But Christ did raise from the grave. Paul wrote, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, he led the way. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. I don't know that there's a person in this room today. I know most all of you. I may not know all of your situations yet, and I hope to know you that well. But I believe that most everyone in this room understands the significance of this hope because we've all experienced the loss of someone we love. I've never seen such loss as we've experienced over the last two or three years. It's all around us. And no matter how prepared we are, I prepared myself in my situation for 10 years, said goodbye. And no matter how prepared we are, when that moment comes, the only hope that brings any comfort is that they knew Jesus Christ. It's the only hope that brings any comfort. That they received him as Savior and Lord, and his promise of eternal life can't be taking, taken from them, no matter how tough the situation is, no matter how desperate we become, no matter how hard Satan tries and attacks, his promise of eternal life is real. And beyond this world to understand that when they've taken their last breath here, that they've taken their first breath in heaven, and they're living in that promise where they've been restored when they've been made new, and to realize that one day we can be with them. Peter said, in God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's there, it's guaranteed. Hebrews 6.19 reads, we have this hope is an anchor. You know what an anchor is? I remember this summer, taking, or last summer, taking a friend's pontoon boat out on a lake. I'm not much of a boater, and the family understood it that day. Got out on the boat, right away it wouldn't start. Once we did get it started, we took a few laps, you know, like you do at Hardy Lake. You just race around the lake a few times, and then you pull over to the side, and you throw out the anchor. Well, I didn't let very much rope out because... That'd be hard to pull back in. You know, you just let the anchor out a little bit. And we just drifted and drifted and drifted, right? The anchor has to be set deep. And my friends, when you are outside of salvation, your anchor's just dangling there trying to grab hold of anything. But when your salvation's in Christ, you have this anchor that attaches you, that holds You, that will not break loose. It's an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And that anchor, when you go, when that time comes for you to grab hold of that and retrieve it, you need to understand that it goes all the way into the holy of holies. It goes all the way into the throne room of God. And at the other end is Jesus And God sitting there, secure and securing you. I love the old song, because He lives, what? I can face tomorrow, right? Because He lives, because He resurrected from the dead, what? All fear is gone. Because I know what? I know He holds the future the future that matters, the future that's eternal. Because he holds a future, this life is worth the living. If only just because he lives, we have this confidence, this, this anchor for our soul. This is the hope of Christ in you. Verse 15 says, When the shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger... They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Those words are so important. Just as they had been told. My friends, when that time comes, when you have to grab hold of that anchor, that hope, You will see this, that it is just as God has told you. Nothing less, but exactly what He has promised. And that's the one final reality I want to share with you about this gift of hope, Christ in you. And it seems negative, but it's true. And that is God's gift of hope through Jesus Christ, it can be rejected. You would think I would want to flip that around and say, Christ's gift in you bless you. That God's gift through Jesus Christ can be accepted, right? That you can choose this. But the reality is, is it can be rejected. And the fact is, is that God's gift of Jesus Christ is is mostly unopened. It's so unopened. When challenges come in our life, we... It's the last place we turn. It's that gift that, that gets lost, that gets set aside, that, that doesn't look all that attractive. You remember picking out the first gift that you would open? We, we always go for the biggest or, or the one that comes from that relative that, that always gives us that special chemistry set or, or something that our parents would never let us have. I tried to be that uncle to my nephews growing up. Unexplored, how many times have we not even explored the reality of Christ living in us, walking with us, strengthening us, renewing us? And sometimes it's completely rejected. I don't believe it. I'm not that weak. I don't need it. His Son, Jesus Christ, God's Son, is a gift. It's a gift that's not imposed on us, because if it was imposed on us, what kind of relationship would that be? It's not forced on us, it's not a bait and switch. He he shows you one thing and then switches it out for the other. But he is a gift of eternal consequence. But it's up to us to receive him. And that's what the shepherds did that night. They got up out of that dark field as stinky and dirty and as exhausted as they were. They accepted the invitation and they made the journey to see what they had been told about, to see if it was true. And it says that they came to that manger, not to the palace. (laughs) In fact, that light that had lit up the sky, it was probably much darker when they arrived And they found Jesus and his mother, Mary and Joseph, there, surrounded, I guess, by the barn animals. At least that's the way we like to depict it. It gives our kids a role to play in the Christmas play. (laughs) But the point is, is that they discovered all that they had been told was true. And God wants that so much for you, not just at Christmas but why not at Christmas? Why not receive the invitation? Why not open the gift? Why not explore the gift? Why not see the hope that's in you? You know, I don't remember my response to that Christmas gift back in the 70s. I'm sure I was grateful. I can remember the smell of the rubber tires on those cars. I can remember the click of the track. I can remember those little metal pads that had to make contact in order for the cars to go. I wore holes in them. I remember that train, still have one of the cars in my office. I remember that train that went around and around and around, but eventually, eventually I know that that train and what was left of those cars and that track were put in a box. They eventually put in storage and never got them out again. I remember, I remember the green felt board that was later recycled and used for a clubhouse out in the backyard, never to return to the house again. As a board for my train or for my track. I don't remember a lot of the details But I do, however, remember the day that I opened the gift of Christ in you. I've told it a hundred times how I was in the fifth row at my home church and for weeks I had fought that urge. I was only 10 years old. I was too afraid to talk to my parents about my desire to become a Christian And finally, that weekend, I stepped out of the aisle and I came forward and I I came unprepared. You know how we tell you to bring a change of clothes? I didn't bring a change of clothes. I remember going back to the back and going up into the baptistry and going down into the water and being baptized. I remember coming up and, and, and feeling so new. I remember going to Kentucky Fried Chicken after that. And celebrating with mom and dad and my brother and sister the decision that I had made. I remember sitting there in wet underwear because I didn't take them off (laughs) when I got baptized. But I also remember the encouragement of my friends and family. But you know, it's what would come over the years later that I won't ever forget. And that is those times, <laughs> those times when I felt all alone, but God would come alongside of me at work or at school. And at just the right time, he would send that physical person right with, with a friendship. Even to this day, preachers have a lonely walk sometimes. You'd think there'd be 400 people, but But preachers are often very much alone until God sends that person for a season to send a card of encouragement or to come go to lunch with you and things like that. And I remember every one of those moments. I can tell you the people, I can see their faces over these last 44 years. The times I've held the hand of loved ones and friends when they've taken their last breath. And recognizing the hope of not going to a better place but of being with Jesus alive and well in heaven where one day we'll be joined together. I, I remember clinging to the hope when one by one I said goodbye to my grandparents over a span of 25 years. The nights that I prayed for a wife and, and didn't know that I would want a family but God did and he came through it's the greatest gift ever given and received it is unto you this day in the city of David a savior has been born to you he is Christ the Lord to us God has chosen to make known the glorious riches of this mystery which is christ in you the hope the hope of glory let's stand father thank you thank you for such a gift christ in us his very presence in us a savior a guide our help, our comforter, our friend, our guarantee of what's to come. And what is a reality today that you are present with us. What a friend we have in Jesus. That all of our sins, all of our griefs, that he would bear these things for us. For those of us, Lord, who have put you in a box, only to be reminded of you at christmas time father we need you so we need you thank you for your mercy and for your willingness to pick up where we left off for those father that have been so lost to have rejected you in the past some who sit at our dinner tables some who greet us at the drive-in drive through may they come to you now and may they see that you are just as they've been told that you're a savior that you're a good king for those who are just unwrapping and discovering you for the first time lord today may they surrender to you May they surrender you in Christian baptism as I did all those years ago. May they become part of your family, a son, a daughter, an heir. May they know the comfort of your love and your restorative power, no matter how far we've gone or where we've been. Father, we are so grateful for Jesus. We proclaim him now. In Jesus' name amen today if you would like to receive him I encourage you to come for those of you who have received him and put him in a box get the box back out open him up embrace him and the reality that he lives in that he wants to restore you, that he wants to walk through this life with you, but most importantly, he wants eternity with you. For those of you who are discouraged and you feel very much alone this week in the things that have happened, may I submit to you that the very best thing that you can do right now if you're a follower of Jesus Christ is to worship him, to adore him, to sing about the reality Of his presence in your life to come and to be encouraged by others that he chooses to send today to walk with you, and maybe even if it's only to speak a word of prayer or encouragement into your life, that you would receive that. This is our hope today. Our hope and our only hope is Christ in us. Won't